0: One of the biggest fears facing manufacturers today is downloading an update or patch software or just plain downloading new software. Where can they do it and ensure they're not downloading tainted code? Straight from the software provider or over the internet? Downloading code via remote media? That should be safe, right? Well, we're just seeing sometimes that just doesn't get the job done. Understanding a software bill of materials is one thing, and, and that's a huge topic in the industry these days. But what else can a manufacturer do to ensure they're not downloading tainted code? Using a data diode could be one approach. Hello, my name is Greg Hale, and welcome to another Today with ISS Source podcast. And with us to talk about securing software via data diode is Sal Merlando, Senior Director of Products at Opswot. Sal, welcome. Greg, thank you very much for having me on the program. Well, it's great to have you. And and Sal, I want to start off with a question that's slightly off topic, but it's something I think fits in. And that is the White House released its um, national cybersecurity strategy a little while ago. and, And a couple of things that caught my eye was them saying, one, We will ensure that resilience is not discretionary element of new technical capabilities, but a commercially viable element of the innovation and deployment process. And two, a collaborative process between industry and regulators will produce regulatory requirements that are operationally and commercially viable and will ensure the free and resilient operation of critical infrastructure." The most effective regulatory frameworks will be those put in place well before a crisis, rather than through the imposition of emergency regulations after a crisis occurs. Now, first off, do you feel manufacturers would agree with that? And secondly, and and I know this could be its own podcast, but how how can we get there?
1: Uh, Interesting uh, question, Greg. So, first let me say yes, I believe the majority of manufacturers would agree with the White House strategy. The the, the key statement is produce regulatory requirements that are operationally and commercially viable. I think this is a recognition by the the administration that uh, U.S. manufacturing base is in a highly competitive environment. Manufacturers must continually improve processes to achieve greater levels of efficiency. So, if you look at some of the uh, process improvement initiatives in manufacturing, Uh, lean manufacturing and industry 4.0, lean manufacturing really is focused on optimizing processes such that uh, materials and personnel are are efficiently utilized. So think of uh, just-in-time inventory management and making sure that you have the right human and uh, system resources in place to make sure that plants are operating efficiently, efficiently. With uh, Industry 4.0, you have the application of technology, right, to achieve a similar goal. So, with Industry 4.0, think of the manufacturing environment as being a highly connected Internet of Things that are used to optimize the manufacturing process to produce the you know the goods that are being developed. You know, with Lean and Industry 4.0. The goal, again, is to make sure that systems are optimized and running efficiently to produce goods in a competitive manner. But one of the problems with Industry 4.0, again, in having a highly connected Internet of Things infrastructure, is the exposure to cyber risk. In a manufacturing environment, cyber risk can be cause health and safety issues for employees. It would certainly disrupt the production supply chain management and will hurt the brand and hurt your reputation in the marketplace. So for manufacturers, cybersecurity really should be considered a part of their overall quality management system. Manufacturers need an operationally efficient means to secure their environment and processes so they can focus on, focus their resources on their own business.
0: Well, as I said earlier, and kind of dovetailing onto what you're saying, it's uh, one of the biggest fears that manufacturers are facing, and that's downloading updated software or or downloading new software. And again, understanding the software bill of materials is one thing, but what can a manufacturer do to ensure they are not downloading tainted code?
1: So again, you know, with Industry 4.0 and the deployment of uh, various technologies used for supporting the manufacturing operation, they need to keep those systems up to date with the latest version of software to maintain operational efficiency. So they really should develop a proper, secure patch management process in order to make sure that uh, those systems are up to date and running efficiently. Uh, so that means working with the, uh, your supply chain, your vendors, to have uh, resources uh, that, are, that are available to vet those patches to make sure those, va- those patches are uh, free of malware, and then a process for making sure the systems are updated properly. Uh, again, uh, Industry 4.0, you know, a software update process is a critical component of making sure your uh, environment is running efficiently.
0: Now, in the wake of uh, supply chain incidents like uh, Log4j and Winds, just to name a few, as more and more users are downloading software from the internet, are you finding the fear of this uh, of downloading this tainted software is an issue with your customers?
1: Uh, yes, this is viewed by our customers as a, as a primary threat vector that needs to be addressed. Uh, in every one of the vertical markets defined as critical infrastructure by Department of Homeland Security, there's a, there's an acute understanding that the risks of the risk associated with moving software updates across a security perimeter to the Mm -hmm. uh, operational zone. So all our customers see the need to deploy cybersecurity solutions that will enforce software updates and uh, any file moving across from the IT to OT uh, side of the environment should be properly scanned and checked for malware before it crosses the security perimeter.
0: Now, by using a a data diode, as we've said before, I mean, how can you detect and pull out uh, malicious code.
1: So diodes have been traditionally used to secure the perimeter between OT and IT. So that's really to uh, really infrastructure security to guard the operational environment from outside threat factors. But in the in the DoD and in, intelligence markets, right, uh, cross domain solutions which are uh, use data diodes is very much uh, used for scanning and validating files and data is secure before the are transferred using the diode from one security of domain to another security of domain. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a, a well-established use case in DOD and Intel markets. For commercial critical infrastructure, the same technology is being viewed and looked at for, you know, moving updates into the OT environment. So, a diode uh, equipped with filtering technology can automate the process of picking up a file, be it a software distribution or some other file, scanning that, quarantining files that are uh, not scanned or you know fail and transferring across the security perimeter files that have been successfully scanned. So this is a way of automating the process to ensure that policies are enforced and, and non-bypassable.
0: Now, I mean, you're talking about how you can, uh, about filtering it, and that's, I think that's kind of like at the top level, but can you explain how this filtering process works uh, for filtering data?
1: Sure. Uh, with With OpSwap, you know, our MD Core uh, platform is integrated onto our data diode uh, system. MD Core efficiently orchestrates a number of AV engines, configurable up to 32 AV engines, that are efficiently orchestrated to scan a file, yielding a very high probability of of, uh, detecting and blocking malware. MD Core also looks for, and alerts on uh, known vulnerabilities uh, for structured files. We have our uh, CDR technology that decomposes a file and removes any uh, malware and and then reassembles that file before transferring. We check for file type to make sure that this is the correct file type. We check for uh, supply chain integrity by checking country of origin. So there's quite a few checks that are uh, that are orchestrated by MD Core to make sure that a file is indeed uh, from the right supplier, does not contain malware, and is is uh, been properly vetted before transferring across the security perimeter.
0: And we all know uh, the manufacturing plant floor consists of multiple vendors. You know, the vendors everywhere. Um, this is something that can work with all vendors.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, So with uh, using a diode and ND core you can uh, work through the security policies that you've established for your manufacturing facility and extend those policies to the vendors that you're working with. So the technology will will work across a wide range of software updates from all vendors, and uh, your policies can be extended to those vendors such that they Transfer the files that for the software update to a to your facility and go through the vetting process before it's transferred into the operational domain.
0: Now and also is this mainly for data headed from OT to IT or or is it the other way around? That's a good question.
1: Again, as we uh, talked about industry 4.0, one of the um goals of Industry 4.0 is to really increase the amount of data sharing between IT and OT, really to, uh, again, to drive plant efficiencies, to support things like predictive maintenance and efficient uh, supply chain management. So there really is a need for securing data in both directions, really from IT to OT to support software updates, but also OT to IT, since a lot of the Information coming out of the factory is going to be shared with the IT environment or shared with the uh, your vendors. Uh, you want to make sure that those files and that information is secured before it's transferred to the business operations side of the, uh, of the of the company.
0: Now, data diodes have been around for a while, but you know, with an increase in connectivity and with the ITOt convergence going on, uh, are there any other ways? Where the, a data diode can help secure an OT environment?
1: Yeah, there's, um, if you look at an operating environment, a, operational environment, there's ways of, of uh, uh, further segmenting the OT environment into operating zones. And as uh, diode prices come down, right, they become a natural replacement for firewalls for segmenting the OT network. Mm-hmm. So think of uh, think of a, a production environment that has multiple SCADA systems running different aspects of the production operation. Uh, each one of those can sit as a uh, you know in compliance with IEC six two four four three uh, network segmentation. You want to isolate those into various operating zones, and so diodes become a ideal uh, solution for that as prices come down because unlike a firewall, which has a relatively high recurring cost, diodes are set and forget. So the total cost of ownership of a diode, in many cases, will be less than a firewall.
0: Hmm. That's funny, because it was, uh, you know, way back when, you know, when we five, 10 years ago, that was always the big issue is the price of uh, data diodes was so much higher. But you're right. I mean, the the overall big picture of what the cost compared to the maintenance of a firewall, I, I think is uh, pretty, it's, it's affordable.
1: Right. Yeah. Diodes, again, many, many systems within an OT environment are, are uh, once provisioned they, they're, they're basically operational. They run almost autonomously and uh, you, you simply need to monitor the status of those systems. Mm-hmm. And the diode is perfect for that application.
0: Do you have any applications where, um, you know, this kind of this can come into play?
1: Sure. I mean, and, you know, if you think of the broad range of critical infrastructure markets, you know, you can start with uh, water wastewater. Uh, many treatment plants are are segmented, isolated and running autonomously in terms of uh, the, the water treatment process. So you can uh, remotely monitor those facilities with a diode. That secures the infrastructure from outside threats while allowing data to flow freely out for uh, monitoring purposes. Within plants, uh, like I mentioned before, various SCADA systems could be isolated. Nuclear power plants, safety systems near the reactor are monitored. And so diodes are used to protect those uh, systems, allowing data to flow out to uh, the engineering staff that are monitoring those systems. Electric turbines. They have systems that are referred to as a, a vibration monitoring systems. Uh, again, the purpose is to make sure the turbines are, are operating efficiently and reliably. So uh, information is monitored. And so data can flow one way across a diode, which secures those systems. So there's there's a there's a wide range of applications where diodes can be used, not just to, to establish a full perimeter around a plant, but really to uh, targeted isolation of critical systems within a plant.
0: I could see where, you um know, the first one you mentioned, and this is uh, one of my pet things is, uh, you know, the water industry and how this could help with them um, moving forward. Cause I mean, the water industry, as we know is, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's there, but it's not really getting a lot of, um, there's not a lot of security involved. So, Having something like this there where you can kind of watch things uh, through the data diode, I think, is so, so important. It can really help.
1: Yeah. And and for the water treatment companies, it, it actually increases uh, operational efficiency, right? So um, if you think of a air-gapped infrastructure, right, in order to monitor an air-gapped infrastructure, you really have to have a resource staff there or deploy resources periodically to mm-hmm gather logs and provide that information to your vendors, you know, in order to uh, satisfy SLA requirements, et cetera. So with a diode, you're getting, you're enabling the same level of security through the, you know, uh, effectively an air gap isolation, but you're allowing data to freely flow to a uh, corporate or to your vendors so systems can be properly monitored.
0: I like to leave our uh, listeners with uh, some some kind of best practices uh, they could use and employ, um, like kind of bullet points. I mean, do you have any best practices uh, manufacturers can employ to ensure a more secure software environment?
1: There's publicly available best practices that I actually like to, to uh, use and review. They're um, from Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. hmm they have a publication out for uh, industrial and critical infrastructure best practices, but in in summary, you know it's, it's implementing network architecture that's secure, right? So that means uh, implementing a layered uh, network architecture where you're uh, securing your critical assets in in lower levels of the uh, architecture and using diode technology, for example, to uh, enforce one way transfer wherever possible. It's uh, properly segmenting your network to make sure that in the event of an insider threat, you know, mitigate against uh, the propagation of that threat across your plant. In terms of uh, securing the infrastructure, I mean, again, another uh, recommendation is to implement and uh, adhere to a secure patch management system, right? Mm-hmm. So Again, it's uh, it, it's it's a twofold benefit, right? It's making sure your systems are operationally uh, running efficiently with the latest software versions, but it's also to uh, correct any discovered known vulnerabilities that uh, you have with that uh, with those systems. So, if you're running PLCs, which most plants do, those are software systems uh, that control real-world analog systems. And so if there's a, a vulnerability that's discovered, you wanna make sure that's patched so mm-hmm. that uh, a bad actor can't do something that would cause operations to you know, go out of spec. And, and you really, the patches that you get from your vendor, again, this is part of the supply chain security. You wanna make sure those patches are properly vetted, tested before they enter your environment. So uh, using systems like I described earlier, would make sure those patches are uh, scanned and secured before they enter it into your operational environment. Again, the supply chain management is, is a key aspect of it. So we, we touch upon that with the scanning of the file, but it's really extending your security policies and practices to your vendors to make sure they're complying with what you require.
0: South, I really appreciate you taking the time. And um, that's about all the time we have for now. So um, for Sal Merlando and Opswat, this is uh, Greg Hale saying thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time on um, Today with ISS Source.
1: Greg, thank you very much for having me.